Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for June 11th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restrictions restorative solutions we have at our fingertips as you know we the people need to get involved as you know also we reject revolution we stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth it is a freedom loving fantastic faith filled we're taking america back one heart one mind one issue at a time for right eh? we also must do a quick recap of yesterday's show we had brian rest on restquinagift.com Honest Money Report doing a great job. Silver Eagles costing more and more all the time. Literally $44 for a Silver Eagle silver dollar nowadays. Even though the spot price on silver, more like $27. So you can see the spread highlights the dishonesty in the fake news, fake fiat currency scenario. We also talked about first country makes Bitcoin legal tender. Nobody can refuse payment, says El Salvadorian president. So Bitcoin, you can pay either in fake fiat, petrodollars, the United States dollars, or Bitcoin now. And you can't refuse Bitcoin, by the way, in that country. Uh, yeah, that liberty not at all. Cybercash is traceable after all. I told you so. Don't dip your toe in the crypto, ladies and gentlemen. But there you have that. America's Hope. We talked about an article by Ezra Taft Benson. He was Secretary of Agriculture in the Eisenhower administration. He says Americans are destroying America. Sad, but reality check, right? We talked about Boone County, Kentucky. Circuit Judge Richard A. Brugan issued a permanent injunction against all of Governor Andy Bashir's COVID restrictions, including mask mandates. The judge shut the governor down, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that great news? No vaccine, no work. An article in USA Today, they're starting to force vaccinations or you're simply going to get fired. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, the land of the free is changing so much, so fast, that Americans are not even engaged at all. Fauci warned Americans of a highly infectious COVID-19 variant as he urged more vaccinations during his Tuesday press briefing. The variant... I guess it's called the Delta variant, was first discovered in India, but now it's spreading everywhere. It's in the U.K. and in America and over 60 countries, and they say it's a deadly variant. Keep an eye on that ball, folks. They will never let this go. They found that it's so successful to shut down the people and steal liberty that they're going to use, they're going to squeeze every ounce out of this sponge they can get, aren't they? Hour one was in the can yesterday after that. Hour two, Republicans press Fauci over apparent discrepancy in testimony before Congress. That's right. He lied back in 2012 and said he was involved in gain-of-function research, and then he comes back and says that he's not. On Wuhab Land Grant, he said we weren't funding it, and then he said he was, and all that. It's crazy. 
Democrats and Republicans, by the way, are weaponizing fear and anxiety to totally transform America. Cleveland Clinic, quote, no need to vaccinate people who have already had the COVID vaccine. I'm sorry, no need to vaccinate people that have already had COVID. They don't need the vaccine. The gospel, I'm sorry, the hospital, the Cleveland Clinic Hospital directly contradicts Fauci and the FDA. Aren't more. So you got a big battle on your hands. Cleveland Clinic says no need to, to get vaccinated if you've already had the COVID naturally. you got natural immunity. All right? Fauci and the, uh, uh, what's it called? FDA say you got to have the vaccine. But infected people do not need the vaccine. That's also a conclusion of Yale University's epidemiologist. Guy's name is Dr. Harvey Reich, I think is how you say it. There's more data, by the way, on natural immunity than there is on vaccinated immunity. Why? Because natural immunity has been around much longer, he highlighted. We are not seeing infections, so you don't need it. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds also signed law banning ballot harvesting. Very interesting. Ballot harvesting is when, you know, you get all kinds of government bureaucrats and officials and hired professionals to just run around and try to help people fill out ballots and turn them in. Just ripe with vote fraud vaccination site employee got arrested and accused of stealing 528 empty vaccination cards you know that way you could just get a card even though you didn't really get the vaccine right anyway biden admin guy's name is andy slavitt covid19 advisor he steps down he says it was just expected to step down but i wonder if there's uh if it's rotten in denmark and people are starting to see uh, you know, the ship's starting to sink, so they're starting to see if they can bail, huh? People are fleeing collapsing economies of blue states. A, start making better decisions on who you vote for. They say don't just flee the state after you sell it down the river. Challenges to religious freedom continue for the east to the west around the world. Matt Staver, Family, Re- or, I'm sorry, it's Family Research Council. Tony Perkins with that one. Lockheed Martin, believe it or not, sent. Over a thousand top employees to white male privilege training. CEO Jim Ticklett says. So they send all these white executives to white male privilege training. What do you think of that, folks? Critical race theory embedded in some of the biggest corporations in America. It's fraudulent as all get out. Police didn't clear BLM protesters. The media lied. Yeah, they didn't clear protesters so. Uh, Trump could have a photo op. That was all a big lie. Why are we finding out Finding out it was a lie now? The propaganda, the media, they're losing credibility so fast it's shocking. The CDC also exaggerated the rate of outdoor transmission of the coronavirus. That's according to a new report by the New York Times. The risk is minuscule now, Fauci says on ABC. It's minuscule if you're outdoors getting the COVID from somebody else. They admit that now, a year plus later. Frequent traveler Lucas Wall sues the CDC and Joe Biden for unconstitutional mask mandate on public transport. He says, I've already got the vaccine. I don't need the mask. Even all the experts say I don't need the mask. And you say that I do. I'm suing you. Well, good for Lucas Wall. I hope he's successful. Uh, Weight adjusted. Hydroxychloroquine. And uh, asthma, thrymosin, or whatever it is, AZM, boosted 
survival of ventilated COVID-19 patients by 200%, they say. So you know what? There are answers. Trump was right. The mainstream press lied. Why a judge has Georgia vote fraud on his mind, you ask? Well, there's pristine Biden ballots that look like they're Xeroxed. Paul Sperry with Real Investigations breaking that down for us. That is yesterday's news that networks refused to use. Without further ado, news that networks refused to use today starts now. And it starts with our good buddy, Chris Carlson. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Yes, Sam. Welcome back. Um, without God, we can never win. Sam, with God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. Headline says the getaway driver, Chris, wants to tell you a story that he wants to highlight three examples to drive home the point. Chris? Yes, sir. So it's an uh, allegory, and in the scriptures we read allegories, and, the, uh, and allegories help us to, uh, to learn principles and learn lessons in a way that we might not otherwise uh, learn them. So the allegory is about a kindly old man by the name of Bob Anderson. Bob Anderson is just one of these level-headed, gentle, um, loving creatures that just wants to take up uh, young men who have gone astray in their lives into their lives to help maybe guide them to become better people. And in the process, he actually facilitates a crime that these two young men uh, committed. The two young men's name are Tom Arley and Jay Spenderhoff, and Tom Arley and Jay Spenderhoff uh, grew up without fathers in the home, which is tragic. Nevertheless, and notwithstanding, um, Bob wanted to kind of fill in as their father, and he had a little farm outside of town where these young men would come out with their girlfriends and their alcohol, and they would drink, and they would carouse and have a good time. And a lot of times, these, these young men would cross the line, and Bob would, you know, he would tolerate it. He would say, well, you know, they're just uh, young teenagers, and sometimes teenagers do bad things. And he would befriend them because he didn't want to burn that bridge. He didn't want to, to sever his relationship. But what he was doing, Sam, is he was facilitating the bad behavior because he never, he never really drew a, a solid line between what was acceptable and what was not acceptable. And to, to make a long story short, and you can read it um, if you want, Sam, you can fill in the the ellipses here if you feel it's necessary. I, I don't want to get too far into the story, but these well, young men get, men get decided, the part what they do and then the punishment. Let's make sure we cover that. We'll cover that. So, so these young men, you know, they started off, you know, doing some vandalism, you know, petty theft, uh, things like that, and then they eventually, at age nineteen. Uh, they graduated into bank robbery, and they, they committed four bank robberies. But by that time, they had lost their licenses, Sam, so they couldn't drive, and they didn't even have cars because, you know, these, these kids uh, were not these upstanding, hardworking kids like, uh, you know, most kids that grow up in a home with a father. Anyway, we'll wait until after the break. These children get worse and worse and worse, and their buddy enables them. We'll talk about it. We're talking about... An allegory called The Getaway Driver will drill into three examples of how The Getaway Driver reality check affects us in America now via your favorite, or maybe not so favorite, politician. Back in seconds with Chris Carlson on your radio. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? 
Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Live on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson, breaking down all things liberty for you. The allegory of the getaway driver continues. Chris? So this normally law-abiding citizen, Bob Anderson, finds himself in an orange jumpsuit in a court of law being interrogated by a prosecuting attorney. And I'll just read it word for word because I I think it's very instructive. When asked why he would agree to be the getaway driver for these two now 19-year-old boys, Bob seemed incredulous. Well, why wouldn't I want to help them, he exclaimed to the prosecuting attorney. I love these boys. I know what they did was wrong, but I told them that over and over again but they just wouldn't listen to me. I never thought that they would end up killing anyone, so they ended up killing three people in these uh, four bank heists. You never thought that they would end up killing anyone, queried the prosecuting attorney. What did you think they were going to do with those two guns that you gave them? I guess I thought that if I continued to tolerate their behavior, that at some point they would recognize my tolerance as love and come around to see things from my value system, said Bob. How long have you known these two boys? And have, have, and have they ever shown signs of changing, asked the prosecuting attorney. I have known and been working with these two boys since they were 14. I know that they have made many poor decisions in their lives, and unfortunately they have not really changed. But I thought that by building bridges and not burning them, sooner or later they would recognize all the sacrifice that I have made to accommodate their flawed behavior and reciprocate in my direction, responded Bob. Mr. Anderson, do you realize that due to the number of drunk driving convictions that these two boys have had, they were not legally permitted to drive? Not only did they not have driver's licenses, but neither of them even had cars. 
they would have never been able to drive to the four banks that they had robbed, let alone gotten away with your having provided both cars and a driver. Um, if it wasn't for you, those three boys would be alive. Those three people that they killed would be alive today, railed the prosecuting attorney. I know this, confessed Bob, but I just knew that I could have more influence on them if I was able to maintain our friendship by showing a spirit of solidarity. Solidarity? What about showing a spirit of solidarity to the community, to the three dead people who your young friends killed, as well as to their family and friends, demanded the prosecuting attorney. Now wait just a minute, retorted Bob. I didn't take one penny of money that those kids stole, and I didn't kill those three people. Tom and Jace killed them. I just drove the getaway car. So that's the end of the allegory, Sam. So before you continue with the three examples, let's apply that to the political world in which we find ourselves. Our founding fathers gave us a constitutional republic, a very unique form of government that has never been tried before. They called it the grand experiment. And now 200 years later, we can point to a track record of success that is matched by none other, by no other example in history. Is it perfect? No. As we've shown fidelity to it, it's been incredible. Created the best economic engine in the world, the most prosperous, the happiest people in the world, and it has really been a beacon, a light on a hill for other nations. In fact, most nations' constitutions are patterned after, in some ways, uh, our constitution. Our revolution was unique in that it turned us to God. and was a, a successful revolution, like no other. I could go on and on, but as we've shown fidelity to the supreme law of the land, We've been incredibly successful in that we all act as the getaway driver. We seem to lose the crown jewel. Chris? And by the yes, way, you got to get rid of all your background noise. It sounds like you're in a construction site. Yeah, well, I'm trying to get my family to help me here. All right, um, go ahead. So the getaway driver so, is critical here, and we're all playing the getaway driver to some degree. Some degree. Our politicians are playing the getaway driver. We as the voters play the getaway driver to a degree, because there are only no more than two degrees of separation between us and our politicians if we exercise our sacred franchise to vote. So, you know, we, we have skin in the game. We have culpability when they go wrong and make poor decisions against the Constitution. So we need to recognize that. And there's and two main ways. We, One, we vote for them every two years at all levels. Uh, number one. Number two, though, we um, have an obligation to hold them accountable. Okay, we uh, need to, well, they said this, you have a republic, you have this experimental form of government, if you can keep it. And that meant, you know what, eternal vigilance and watching those who represent us, who serve us, who are in our employ, watching them like a hawk. And these are two areas in which Americans have failed. Uh, there's more, but those are two that I can highlight now. But let's dig into the three examples and make the point in very modern times. Well, let's talk about Obamacare, Sam. And I, I, that's the first item on the list of, of things that I compare to the getaway driver. So for the first two years of Donald Trump's presidency, did we not have a Republican majority in both houses and the presidency? And did not the Republicans previous to this time swear in their wrath that they would, as soon as they got a majority in both houses and support in the Oval Office, that they would get rid of Obamacare? Yeah, in fact, they even that? voted 40 times while they didn't have control in the House, 40 times saying they would do it, they would do it, they would do it. It was all political theater and show, it turns out. And they knew, I believe that they knew in their hearts that it would never happen. 
But it, like you said, it is all political theater because the American people, like um, like um, the giveaway driver in the allegory that I, I wrote, they're willing to forgive and forgive in hopes that someday, you know, these, these politics, cricket politicians would fly straight. But over and over again, Sam, we see that they don't, they never quite get to the point. They, they have wonderful excuses when they fail to do what they're supposed to do under the Constitution. But, you know, we, like the idiots that we are, and I, I, I apologize for using such harsh words, but we tolerate them and we believe over and over again that this time it's going to be different. This time they're really going to be able to accomplish the constitutional objectives that we hold them to, but they never do. So who's the bigger fool, they or we, the ones that keep, keep believing uh, against our better judgment that they will actually do it? And we're about to play the, the uh, getaway driver again because what we're saying now is, oh, my goodness, Joe Biden and his Democrat colleagues are off the rails. We better put those Republicans back in. The, the same ones that betrayed us, ladies and gentlemen, the same ones that promised to reject Obamacare, the same ones that voted 40 times to get rid of it, but then when push comes to shove, they never got it none, and then they blame everybody else. There was one or two Republicans that betrayed the whole group. Are those Bob the getaway drivers, and we're complicit in letting Bobs stay there? Are we complicit exactly. in uh, letting uh, it happen in the first place by then saying, well, by golly, we've got to have the Republicans? Those are the answer. All right, example two. Okay, can I say something about the first example? Sure. The, the entire time, so we had the majority, for 730 days in the first two years of uh, Donald Trump's presidency, Republicans, I say we, I shouldn't say we because I'm, I'm no longer a Republican, but we, we had the opportunity not only to uh, repeal the legislation, but to defund it. That would have been a lot easier because we could have bypassed the Senate where John McCain was standing as the gatekeeper. They didn't even do that, Sam. Remember people crying out, say, defund it, defund it. That's all you have to do in the meantime. So at least for that 730-day period, it, it wouldn't have been effective. But they couldn't even do that. No, they could have, but they wouldn't. They had the authority to. So remember, it's not, that's why they're a little bit the getaway driver. If they couldn't have, then they wouldn't be as culpable. They could have. They just wouldn't, Chris. Exactly. They, they wouldn't. Because... And, you know, I know, Sam, that you try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I think they're corrupt. I think they're crooked. I don't think they care about the American people. Maybe that's a little harsh on my part, Sam. I know you, tr you know, try to give them a little more credit than that. But, you know, I'm done with them. Uh, I've seen, you know, for the past 35 years what they've done to our country. We'll get into my reasoning about giving them a little bit more credit. It's not that I believe they deserve the credit. It's that I believe we have no options uh, uh, for solutions um, as it currently stands. Now, that doesn't mean I don't think we can solve the problems. It just means as it currently stands, we've got some real decisions to make as an educated populace uh, about that. All right, example two. Okay, and I use the term the scissors move. Okay, it's about cutting taxes and increasing uh, government expenses, and we've talked a little bit about this. But I call it the scissors move. I think that's uh, that's an effective analogy that I can use to illustrate the point whereby Republicans, and this happened under Reagan, it happened under Bush, and it happened under Donald Trump. Republicans promised to cut taxes while Democrats insist that spending increase, and we've talked about this where it ends up being a tax increase whereas the Republicans keep touting it as a tax decrease. Because what happens, Sam, is if you don't cut spending, then you have to borrow 
the difference between what is spent and what is collected in taxes at interest. And that interest payment on the money that Congress then has to borrow to cover the shortfall represents a tax increase. And you may not have to pay it immediately. You have to pay it at some point down the road. But either that or our children, you know, sometime in the distant future will have to pay it. Either way, it is a tax increase. Well, let's be very clear. The tax increase happens in inflation and in interest as well, holding the people hostage. And then what they usually do is they leave the budgetary discussions till the last second. And then they play the getaway driver as they steal our money. Quick pause. Chris Carlson on your radio. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. A 5% increase in the consumer price index grabbed headlines on Thursday indicating inflation. Inflation really hurts lower-income families as they have less disposable income to cover the extra costs. Since the last year of the Trump administration, milk and cigarettes are up over 7%. Bacon is 13% more expensive. And the one we all know, gasoline. A gallon of gas is now 56.2% more expensive. The European Union is joining the latest calls by the United States and Australia for an investigation into the origins of COVID-19. On Friday, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said that it's necessary for the World Health Organization to launch an independent and impartial probe. Wow, well, it's a great, great pleasure. Mr. President, uh, welcome you to call. It's a great to be here. President Biden and British Prime Minister Boris Johnson shared some time with reporters after their bilateral meeting on Thursday. USA Radio News. It may be the biggest cover-up of our time. Was the coronavirus created in a lab? And did the Chinese government hide the truth? Now, Steve Cortez and Jen Pellegrino give you the shocking truth on their hit Newsmax show, Cortez and Pellegrino. Newsmax is already the fourth largest cable news channel in America. And all this week, Cortez and Pellegrino tell you the real story about the coronavirus the big media won't tell you. More than 30 million Americans watch Newsmax, now on all major cable systems. If your cable company doesn't carry Newsmax, call them. Tell them you want Newsmax or you can switch. Plus, find Newsmax for free on your smart TV, Roku, Pluto, Zumo, or more. And remember, you can download the free Newsmax app on your smartphone and start watching now. Join millions of Americans turning off the old cable news and going to Newsmax for real news they can trust. Check Newsmax out today. The border wall between the United States and Mexico is bought and paid for. The problem is installation. President Biden in his first days in office shut down border construction, leading to what is now a humanitarian crisis at the border. Texas leadership is now taking the bull by the horns. John Clemens from the Texas USA Radio News Bureau reports. The centerpiece of the allocation is border barriers where illegal aliens cross into the U.S. I will announce next week the plan for the state of Texas to begin building the border wall in the state of Texas. 
Governor Abbott also said Biden's open border policies have led the way for dangerous gangs, cartels, and human traffickers to invade our nation. This is something that also is not a tourism site for members of Congress to make an annual pilgrimage to and see the border and then go back and do absolutely nothing at the federal government level to solve the crisis. $15 billion is what taxpayers paid for the wall. USA Radio News. The allegory of the getaway driver, Chris Carlson, riding shotgun on the show today. We're talking about examples. Obamacare was the first one. Tax and spend, the second one. They literally spend this into oblivion. Hidden taxes called inflation. Uh, they usually bring the budget up to the wall. If you don't fund this now, the whole government will shut down, lie. Uh, that's the getaway driver mentality big time. As they steal from the American people over and over. And then what they say is, well, we really had no choice. That's the lie. Chris? Okay, I'm going to read word for word, Sam, uh, my response to this scissors move that we've just talked about. Uh, I write, it took my naive mind a while to figure this out. But when I did, the scam on the American people became very clear to me. In my feeble mind... Okay, if my feeble mind could figure this out, certainly these Harvard, Yale, and Columbia-educated lawmakers can understand it as well. It was at that moment that I realized that our politicians were either really stupid or that there was a concerted agenda to deceive the public into going deeper and deeper into debt. Then I discovered another piece of the puzzle. Are you ready for this other piece of the puzzle, Sam? Yes, sir. This convinced me that the latter explanation that they were that they there was a concerted agenda to deceive the public into going deeper into debt. This must be the case. I discovered that almost all of these 535 lawmakers have financial portfolios that increase year by year, while America's financial portfolio decreases year by year. If these lawmakers were simply incompetent with money, then their own personal portfolio, Sam, would be as messed up as our government's portfolio. This is not the case. The only rational explanation then is that they are simply corrupt. So how is the government portfolio in a disaster and continually going in debt? How are the American people's wealth being siphoned off slowly? It's like a, a, a poker game and a poker table. The money just disappears, but always the politician continues to do better and better and better. That isn't by accident across 535 uh, servants, and it isn't across years and years and years of abuse. But here's how the American people are the getaway driver. So I submit the members of Congress are the getaway driver, but so are the people. We could shut them down and uh, remove them every two years or every six years if it's a, if it's a federal senator or whatever you want to say, uh, every four years for the president. We could remove these people, but we don't. We just simply go, oh, um, well, golly, our, our guy almost won. <clears throat> We better get our guy in again. It's the same people that are doing it over and over and over. But we play the lesser of two evils game, which we'll get into in just a second. But let's kick off example three, Chris. Okay, example three, 1996, members of Congress, in violation of their oaths of office, passed a bill known as the Defense of Marriage Act. And every conservative just loves DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act, because it defined a marriage covenant as a covenant between a man and a woman. One man and one woman, and we loved it. 
Um, now, now before you before that? you go on about that, government was not involved in marriage in the early days of the republic. People used to write yep. their marriages in the Bible to document them. Uh, as a contract between two people. The reason the federal government got involved in marriage in the first place is because they didn't want white people marrying black people. And so it was, a racist, it was a racist assertion that government got into mm-hmm. marriage in the very beginning, and that's the start. And then they went yep. on further and said, oh, we're not racist. And then they codified and said, well, we don't care about black and white anymore. We're not racist anymore. <laughs> but we really want to make sure that it's a man and a woman. But again, when the government creates the list of do's or don'ts, then they become in charge of a given issue, at least in theory, uh, or at least in fiat. And that's what we're seeing now. So now when you go to DOMA, they define it as a man and a woman, and they codified it at the federal level. Now the federal level supposedly has dictatorial control over the marriage reality, which is a lie. It was a contract between God and one man and one woman. That's how it was traditionally um, set up by God, and then that's how uh, it was in America. Until government got yep. involved, first as racists, secondly now defining it at the federal level even further. But it gets worse, Chris. Yep, they took it out of the private sector. Well, the religious sector, I should say, because churches basically then had jurisdiction over marriage for the most part. And then in 19, or 2015, under the Obama administration's uh, Supreme Court, we have Obergefell versus Hodges. Do you remember that decision? Now that marriage was in the federal sphere, under the federal uh, jurisdiction, now it was generally accepted that the federal government could define what a marriage was. In Obergefell versus Hodges' decision, it was defined, it was determined that the Constitution gave uh, homosexuals or transgenders or whoever, you know, you are, the, just as much standing in the arena of marriage as one man and one woman. So the the Republicans in 1996 uh, gave the federal government that jurisdiction, and they used their jurisdiction that the Republicans, the getaway drivers in this uh, scenario, the the ability to then redefine marriage as something that is never and will never be recognized in the eyes of God. So uh, let me just word, read word for word. Had conservative lawmakers not asserted the right of the federal government to define marriage under DOMA in 1996, the Supreme Court would never have been able to overturn it then in 2015. So that's the third analogy. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So the allegory example. of the getaway driver, ladies and gentlemen, has three modern-day examples. Obamacare, tax and spend, and the sacred institution of marriage. In every case, your politicians have sold you down the river and violated the Constitution. In every case, we the people simply debate between the lesser uh, of two evils. Chris? That's right. And the lesser of two evils is evil. And we need to recognize that. You know, do you know how many people ran for president? I'll, I'll give you this analogy um, example. In, ni- in 2016, do you know how many people ran for president? If you, most people would say two. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Do you know how many people really ran for president, Sam? Over 1,600 people. And we have, uh, we could have voted for any one of those 1,600 people. I voted uh, for the Constitution Party candidate, uh, who was uh, Don Blankenship, because I did my research. He seemed to be constitutionally founded. He seemed to be level-headed. And he seemed not to be controlled by higher powers. He seemed to be controlled only by his uh, personal religious and political beliefs and the Constitution. 
And, you know, I can live with that, and I can sleep at night with that decision that I made. And I don't believe that I threw away my vote. And I will not vote for the lesser of two evils, because the lesser of two evils, as we've always point, pointed out in UF2, uh, is evil. The media plays the getaway driver because what they do is they literally jettison all the other candidates, and they basically promote at big dollar expense, you know, there's um, you can debate the guidelines about spending money for politicians, but the media literally gave Donald Trump how much money and free coverage? I mean, it was ex- extreme. 4.5. 4.5 billion dollars? Billion. 4.5 billion. They admitted that. Yeah. Now, why so, would they do that? Because Go they ahead. love Donald. Because they, they weren't afraid of him. He wasn't a threat. Did they give that much coverage when Ron Paul ran for the presidency in 2008? No way. No way, because he was a genuine threat to the establishment. And if Donald Trump had been a genuine threat, why would they do that? I keep asking people, and they say, well, it's because he was a, he was a polarizing figure. He was good for ratings. Well, yeah, but they got him elected. The media literally created Donald Trump as a political phenomenon. They created him, and they're supposed to hate him? Why would they create this political phenomenon that eventually got elected as president? if they hated and feared him so much, Sam. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, some are saying it's $2 billion. Some are saying it's $5 billion. He got billions. Yep. Remember, the, uh, remember the billions that Donald Trump got? That's, even, that's, even that's reality, folks. Was, and whether you, it depends on how you debate the dollars, right? Are we even, talking about yeah, wholesale? Even, are we talking about retail? You know, how do you determine the numbers well, is why the spread I so think, people understand? I, you know, uh, in free coverage, on the media coverage, uh, I believe CNN was the one that made that report. Now, let me tell you so, what they like to say. They like to say, oh, Sam, well, the media was 90% negative coverage on President Trump. And you know what? Yep. The reality, if you're a media expert, says, I don't care if it's negative or positive, <laughs> just get my name right. Exactly. And, and I make the point in this document, I say, if Ron Paul had gotten that coverage, I don't care if it was 100% negative. At least he would have gotten his message out, just like Donald Trump did. But they were afraid of him because Ron Paul is a genuine threat to the establishment. And that's why they didn't give him that coverage, because he knew that he very well could have become our president. And he very well could have reestablished the Constitution as the foundation of this republic. And that was a threat to them. So the media plays the getaway driver in excusing and ignoring certain things. It's as important to understand what they don't report as it is to understand what they do report and how they report it. Uh, So that's kind of something that really is important. When we get back, I want to talk about two things in the last segment. One, is everyone a getaway driver? Or is there anybody who's not a getaway driver? And I submit there's one that is not a getaway driver. We'll get to that. And then last, I want to discuss a little bit more about what's to happen next. What's the next getaway driver plot? I'll tell you about it on your radio. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, why have somebody steals our gold? 
We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the getaway driver allegory. We're talking about it. Gave three examples coming back. Talking about it more. Donald Trump, to some degree, has become the getaway driver. Uh, the Obamacare example, tax and spend, and the sacred institution of marriage. The question is, is there anyone who is not, to some degree, the getaway driver? Chris? Uh, yeah, the innocent children, uh, you know, people that can't vote before they're 18 years of age, I mean, they have plausible deniability, but usually once they get to be 18 years of age, they dutifully either uh, fall in the Democratic camp or the Republican camp, and it's, and, that, and that's idolatry. We've talked about this before. That is a form of modern-day idolatry, just like uh, the Israelites fell into idolatry in the Old Testament times, where they worshipped... Um, Ashtaroth or Baal or some of these other, you know, ancient uh, Canaan gods and goddesses that got them into trouble with the Lord. And I say that there are two modern-day Baals and Ashtaroths today in the form of the image of an elephant and in the image of a donkey. And I think we should go into that right now. I'll read it word for word. Now, I'm, I'm for this discussion. I think most people don't really realize there's real alternatives. And when they discover that there's real alternatives, they find that they have no chance in Hades to win. Now, I realize it's the Hegelian dialectic being exercised over the people to the umpth degree. I get it, but I also understand that the lack of knowledge uh, is more of the problem than culpability to a great degree because of the mainstream press, because of the uh, manipulations in America. So how culpable somebody is with that kind of indoctrination or manipulation at the helm to almost 100% is hard to say. Okay. Well, I found out about Don Blankenship with a little research. you got to scratch beneath the surface, and most people don't scratch beneath the surface. They turn on Fox, CNN, ABC, CBS, etc., and they say, okay, who are my choices? And there, there are two. 
rarely will they, you know, they'll talk about a Don Johnson. Um, was that the, the Libertarian candidate? Or, you know, somebody. They'll just yeah, that's right, from New Mexico. Ron Paul from New Mexico. Anyway, yeah, so who's really choosing? I mean, if, if we're too lazy to do a little research, and if I can do the research, Sam, and I'm not that technic- technologically inclined, if I can find out that there's an honest constitutional candidate like Don Blankenship, and I know you know who he is, he ran under the Constitution Party ticket, and if I was able to do enough research to determine that he was a candidate that I could live with, then can't other people do that? Yes, you they know, can. Yes, rich. they can. But then they're propagandized and indoctrinated to say, "Look, it's not going to make any difference. He'll never win. He doesn't have a snowball's chance in heck." And you got to vote for somebody who has a chance. Otherwise, you're throwing your vote away. And they fall for all these other propaganda, propagandistic lies and deceptions that deceive the people even further. What What if Sam? Um, let, let's use a, <clears throat> a hypothetical. What if the choices that we make in this life determine? our reward in the next life. And I say hypothetical facetiously. I know that we will be uh, judged based on all the choices, including the political choices, because they have spiritual implications. Do you believe that, Sam, that our political Without choices a doubt. have spiritual yeah, implications? I believe our political, but I believe all of our choices relate to that across the board. All of our choices. And I think there's only exactly. one person that's not really a getaway driver, not counting innocent children. And that would be Jesus Christ himself. He's the author of liberty. He had complete fidelity to liberty, 100%. Uh, he was perfect, gave his life on the altar of liberty for the rest of us, an agency for us. I think to some degree we're all getaway drivers except for Jesus Christ himself. However, I think that uh, sometimes we want to ascribe more culpability to people than they may deserve to some degree. Yeah, and, and again, I fell into this trap. 20 years ago I stopped voting for Republicans and Democrats, elephants and donkeys, and we've talked about this, and I literally had to repent. Because I knew that my choices were contributing to the problems that we now face in this country. And hopefully the Lord has forgiven me for that, and that I can move on and make better decisions in the future. And I invite all Americans to consider where they are right now. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Just consider where you are right now and realize that, one, we will be judged for the decisions politically that we make in this life, and two, we can move past those bad decision-making habits that we've developed. Sorry no about doubt about it. I think that's critical to consider and to be aware of. Uh, I believe that we, the people, have become the getaway driver in so many instances. I'm not sure how many of them are responsible for with the propaganda and the money and the deception and the, you know, the, it, it's a here, here, and a there, there, and a low, you know, follow me and a, a guilt trip. But, I, I mean, there's some serious psychological psyops uh, happening via the media and the manipulation of the people via the denial of true education. Uh, the indoctrination is so heavy in modern times, it is shocking uh, how deceived the people will be. But let's talk about an example that's about to hit us, that's about okay. to come true. And will we wake up and stop it, or will we play the getaway driver role, whether you're a congressman, a senator, an individual, uh, just an American citizen, a business owner, whatever, right? Here it is. The Great Reset is essentially a controlled demolition of the American financial system. The events in the months ahead, ladies and gentlemen, will make the events of the last few months or even the 1930s Depression era 
feel insignificant in comparison, ladies and gentlemen. Are we going to let them get away with a great reset? And the great reset is everything in society. This idea that you got to have a vaccine by force. This idea that we're going to fund abortion and murder babies. This idea that we're going to reset our financial system and go from a fiat system, uh, really the frying pan into the fire with the manipulatability of our currency via digital and beyond. Are they going to supplant the fiat dollar, the fake petrodollar, the dollar that's created out of nothing with a $100 face value? Are we going to let them now morph us into a, a financial reset, A, in my opinion, a satanic jubilee? Or are we going to call a halt to that con game and go, no, not on our watch? And it's about to happen slow motion before your very eyes. Chris? Yeah, and it will be slow motion because the slower, the better uh, chance they have of actually implementing it. And I've thought about this, Sam, and I thought about what I, how I might respond. You know, we've been counseled by wise leaders over the past 50 years or so to, to get a food storage, to prepare, to hunker down in our homes. And, um, and I've wisely done that, and I know you've wisely done that. And a lot of people, a lot of Christians have wisely prepared for those things so that we can weather such storms. I don't believe that the Lord will will leave us vulnerable, so vulnerable that we will have to actually participate uh, in such a financial transition in this world, because to do so uh, would be siding with Satan and with his plan. So I believe that we are prepared to hunker down, uh, to disengage with the, the rest of society, with the financial system that, that is satanically being imposed upon us, uh, that eventually... Uh, we will be rescued from our plight, but we have to be prepared. If we don't have food, if we don't have uh, proper provisions that will help us to weather the storm, then we are going to be vulnerable to the point where we will have to uh, submit to their expectations in order to survive. But if we are prepared, you shall not fear. And we can disengage from having to be forced to participate uh, in such, a, such an economy that they're trying to impose upon us. So that's all I can say. I've got four years. I hope by the end of that four-year period, things will be at a point where the, the righteous can uh, can reclaim and restore our constitutional republic so that we don't have to, uh, you know, hopefully our enemies will, will have been destroyed. You know, I know we're, I'm talking in apocalyptic terms, but I think we need to, to think about these things seriously and prepare seriously for them. Well, and I think one thing we need to really recognize, and I think the, the allegory of the getaway driver is really poignant here, and that is this. You know, what are we going to do? Are we going to be able to to be uh, to stand before our maker at the judgment bar of Christ and say, I've done my best not to be the getaway driver. I know I'm imperfect, and I know the only one who was never a getaway driver is the Savior Jesus Christ, but I've done my best not to be not to participate in the uh, the allegory of the getaway driver mentality. I've done my best, Lord. That's what we need to be able to say. And so in my specific case, you know, I've really worked hard to not be the getaway driver. I'm not perfect. I may give a little bit too much uh, defense for those who I believe are deceived and manipulated and, and, and debating how, how much culpable they are. I want to be on the mercy side of the plan because I want mercy administered to me. But no doubt, mercy and justice will, will work this out for each one of us. And we'll be judged based on our knowledge, our involvement, our actions, our thoughts, our behaviors. Uh, and the perfect judge will determine 
the balance between justice and mercy. But in my case, I want to be merciful to others and give them a little bit of a pass more than toe the line because that's how I want to be treated. I want mercy in my case. And so I tend to lean towards mercy in the case of others as well. But the point is well taken, and we all ought to take heed, Chris. Yeah, and the most merciful thing that we can do at this point, Sam, is to not be that getaway driver. Because the more we accommodate and facilitate this evil, the harder it's going to be to extricate ourselves, you know, when things get really bad. So, you know, being strictly obedient to constitutional principles, Sam, is an act of mercy, is an act of compassion and forgiveness. Because the deeper and deeper we, we dig ourselves into this hole, the more mercy we will have to um, have applied to us. And, and um, remember, my fellow Americans, it's the checks and balances in the great supreme law of the land constitution that is the key to the exercise here. We, pe- we the people, feel like we're disenfranchised, uh, that we don't matter, that we can't make a difference. But it's in the brilliant checks and balances put in place by our founders that make our involvement not only possible, not only necessary, but essential, Chris. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, restrictions, a lot of people look at restrictions, and the Constitution is full of restrictions. Look at the Bill of Rights. Um, they're not restrictions because God is a capricious and vengeful God and wants us to be miserable. Those restrictions are acts of mercy and love in behalf of his children. God wants us to, be, to learn obedience, because only through obedience do we find happiness in self-fulfillment, Sam. And just like a, a parent will discipline his or her child, uh, parents do that out of love, not out of resentment or hate or capriciousness. Well, and to prove your point, the sacred principle of repentance uh, is not designed to punish God's children. That wonderful principle is designed to help us return to be forgiven yep. and to receive blessings. And as a nation... If we repent, God will richly reward us. That's his promise, not mine. He says he will protect us and heal our land. Yeah, and he's given us, you know, I made some predictions about 20 years ago, Sam, that I thought would have been fulfilled today. The fact that they haven't demonstrates that God's mercy and love and patience for us is, has been extended. And um, we still have an opportunity to change our ways and repent. And I will turn the time over to you because it sounds like we're at the end of the program. Sam. You got to do your your outro, my friend. Yes, sir. Without God, we can never win, Sam. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson and liberty-loving Americans, continuing our duty, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Top the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show.
All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for June 11th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. We reject revolution, stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. We believe the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. What are the peaceful, restorative solutions we have at our fingertips? The checks and balances, ladies and gentlemen, are brilliant. And that's why we don't need a revolution. What we need is a restoration, a return to the principles that made America great to preserve our nation. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time for Friday. And that means the good doctors in the house. Dr. Scott Bradley with me. His lifelong goal and collegiate series to preserve the nation. All available at freedomsrisingsun.com. Welcome back, sir. Hold on, and, start over. Uh, I didn't press a button. Well, you're into the world. Start over. I didn't press a button. Oh, okay. I said thanks for welcoming me on board, and I hope all is well in everybody's world. Amen to that, sir. All right, I want to talk about Pride Month. I want to talk about, about what? Pride Month. June is Pride oh, Month, oh. right? Uh, now, well, I, I, yeah. let well, me that tell might you how, explain some things. Let me tell you how I got to this, by the way. I got an email from Family Research Council, FRC, doing a great job, and they say, hey, watch a Christian response to Pride Month. So I then decided we ought to do an LRT, so a Liberty Roundtable response to Pride Month, because I have some things to say about this, and I'm sure the good doctor uh, does as well. Let's first kind of help people understand what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. Everywhere we turn these days... Rainbow colors appear in almost every nook and cranny of our society. LGBT flags fly. Hangover businesses. Social media sites are replete with colorful flags and logos and even cereal boxes. And TV shows are promoting the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, Pride Month, inclusion, or inclusion, if you will, pledging allegiance to what is it? What are all the colors they have of the rainbow there, right? Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. But the problem is it's sexual anarchy, ladies and gentlemen, that is literally jettisoning all godly morals that have been societal staples for literally centuries, right? How can believers navigate this culture of sexual anarchy that has become such a dominant and increasingly compulsory plague force in our society? Well, those are the questions asked by Family Research Council, and I agree with their questions, and we'll talk about those. Let's start there, Doctor. You know, it's interesting um, uh, the, that uh, for many decades now, I mean, my father's generation had uh, uh, this encroachment that was happening through the uh, the humanist manifestos that had been published. Uh, of course, uh, 1933 was when the first humanist manifesto came out. And, uh, you know, John Dewey and his cronies, his minions, I guess you could call them, of these uh, religious humanists that, that violate the First Amendment uh, in that they've created a, and it's been adopted and embraced 
by all of America a de facto uh, national religion. It's a godless religion, has no divine god, it worships the wisdom of man. The Humanist Manifestos 1, 2, and 3 have become the lesson plan of the public education system. And you wonder, how in the heck is this going all over the place? And and I want to ask you, I mean, in a minute, a question about radio, but um, um, I uh, we have had this uh, process that's rolled forward since 1933, and if you haven't read the Humanist Manifestos, you absolutely need to. They're very, very, very brief. You can read each one of them in just a few minutes. But if you'll honestly review them in your own mind and heart, you'll find that they are the lesson plan of modern American education. And and the humanist manifestos are replete with this uh, sexual saturation, if you will. I don't know a good term to use at this point, but in regards to the focus that's happening. And again, the depravity has become centralized by teaching it to our children and grandchildren for generations now. But let me just read you a little quotation out of the Humanist Manifesto, number two. In the area of sexuality, we believe that intolerant attitudes, often cultivated by orthodox religions and puritanical cultures, unduly repress sexual conduct. The right to birth control, abortion, and divorce should be recognized. Neither do we wish to prohibit by law or social sanction sexual behavior between consenting adults. The many varieties of sexuals sexual exploration should not be in themselves considered evil. A civilized society should be a tolerant one. Individuals should be permitted to express their sexual proclivities and pursue their lifestyles as they desire. Moral education for children and adults is the important way, is an important way of developing awareness and sexual maturity. Now, by the way, that last sentence, moral education. Now, what they mean by moral education is far different than what I would mean. Okay, now, here's the deal. I don't know if you've seen this, Sam, but UNICEF, this is the United Nations group that's uh, purporting to be have, looking out for all the goods of all the children. I don't know if you've seen some of the reports lately that indicates UNICEF believes that there should be age-appropriate pornography. And if you get into what what they're doing is they're taking pornography to these children and saying, well, it's important for reproductive education, okay? So how perverse this is, it's absolutely unequivocally in a death spiral for everything that has held society together. The moral issues have been cast overboard. We have been teaching this in our schools for generations. The people that currently sit in high places and are unworthy of such an honor are the ones that have been indoctrinated in this, and the current yo-yos that are that are coming through the education system are, are simply a uh, a perverse view of what that is. And so uh, the question I wanted to ask you, and maybe we'll get out to it against a uh, break before you can answer it, but but I, I do a lot of traveling, and sometimes I switch the radio on and, and uh, you know, to kind of, you know, I don't know, it gives me something to argue about with the radio when I'm driving and I stay awake. But the uh, the absolute universality of the messages that is it is there's a there's not a narrative there's a script and 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 we've talked a lot about it on your your program about the script that was handed to the the, the lame brain media that that has absolutely embraced that whole thing about you must fear you must doubt 
this COVID thing is deadly. We're all going to die. We're, you know, everything is despair and ruin and everything. But in recent times, uh, uh, this idea of these sexual proclivities that seem to be immersing the world, and, and you know, you're in radio, I would never accuse you of, of promoting that lame brain media mainstream kind of viewpoint, but how in the world do they all get on the same page at the same time? Gonna, Have you I'll ever tell seen? you. You ready? I, I want to hear it. Here's the answer to your question, ladies and gentlemen. So we're talking about the Liberty Roundtable Live response to Pride Month. And everywhere we turn these days, Pride, gay and lesbian promotion is absolutely packaged and propagandized on the American people to satanic proportions. But listen carefully, and I'll explain some of this to everyone. They say Pride Month is an entire month dedicated to uh, the uplifting of LGBTQ or LGBTQ voices, celebrations of gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and queer culture, and the support of LGBTQ rights. All right. So understand, it's an entire month dedicated to the uplifting of gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and queer culture, rights. It's a celebration of everything gay, lesbian, bisexual, everything perverted, okay? But understand the origins and the history. Why do they choose June as the month, you might ask? Because LGBTQ Pride Month is celebrated every year in June because the month of June was chosen, for the Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, Transgender, Queer Pride Month to commemorate and to celebrate the riots held by members of the Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, Transgender community against a police raid that took place at the Stonewall Inn. And that was in New York City, by the way, on June 28th, 1969. Okay, so they are planning this. They, uh, the, it, the origins of this is in a flat-out riot in a police raid. Again, they want to foment and promote the division of the people and the police, and they want to basically celebrate their perversions a whole month to carry out this agenda, and really it's a godless agenda. It says in this Humanist Manifesto that you highlighted, do whatever you want to. Whatever feels good, do it. It's like the hippie generation but now on steroids and by force. Society will go along with this feel-good, do-it mentality. We'll codify it in the color of law. We'll create pretend legislation to deceive the people. And then we'll you know, push for gay marriage, all these perversions. Every sex is permitted and promoted. Every perversion sex, except for between a man and a woman legally and lawfully married to bring children to the world. That's the only sexual act that is 100% not able to have a seat at the table. When Dr. Scott Bradley comes back, many people involved are propagandized into deception, but the evil agenda led by Satan is on tap now. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded 
than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Dr. Bradley, in answer to your question, I'll summarize and then turn it over to you again. Dr. Scott Bradley with us. FreedomsRisingSun.com is website. Incredible webinars weekly and more. Log on to the site and dig in. It's a treasure trove of education. But I submit to you that it's really the war in heaven continued on earth. Satan and his minions want to basically turn us into godless beings. We, uh, as followers of God and Jesus Christ, want to focus on God, but the battle centers there. Will it be God or man that you put your trust in? And the sexual revolution of if it feels good, do it, of the 60s is carried forward. The hippies and the 'er ne'er-do-wells of yesteryear have now made it into positions of power and authority. And Pride Month, ladies and gentlemen, is celebrated every year in June. The history is it started out with a riot. And the cops cracked down. They want to celebrate this. That's their origins. By their fruits shall you know them. They started with a riot in 1969. What? 79, 89, 99, 109, 119, 50-plus years later. They're still at it. Same agenda. Same dishonest narrative. A godless view that every sexual act is legitimate and glorified. But the only sex act that is within the bounds of the Lord, Almighty God has set, doesn't have a seat at the table. If you want to be involved as a husband and wife, legally and lawfully married, and you're involved sexually to bring yourselves closer together as God intended, and to bring children into the world, that is the only, the only sex act they will not celebrate or even acknowledge as legitimate. In fact, it's suppression in their view. Male-dominating female suppression. It's a rape in their view. And all other perversions are not only justified, but glorified and promoted from the corporate world to modern-day government to deceived people all across the land. The epic battle is on and continues. That's my answer to your question, Doctor. 
Well, I just want to know how they get the script in every radio guy's hands, but uh, maybe, maybe... They don't need to. They have, propagand- the they have propagandized and indoctrinated and intimidated and created such a fear factor to where everybody already knows the narrative after 50 years of indoctrination. You don't need a script in your hands, sir. Wow. Well, you know, I, and we'll, I've mentioned many times on your program the origins of the foundation principles upon which this nation is established. We don't need to review that in detail, but basically the, the Founding Fathers looked to the good book to find out the plan God had to bring about happiness, peace, freedom, all that kind of stuff, to his children here upon the earth. And uh, there was order and, and everything found in God's universe, and they wanted to bring that into the society. And so, so they looked to that, you know, and, and, and if you look at this particular subject, you know, if you're looking at Leviticus or De- Deuteronomy or wherever, it's spoken of and uh, led, and, and even during the New Testament times. Let's look at Second Timothy chapter 3, where it talks, and, th- and I don't know, maybe this is a very succinct definition and, and uh, capsulization of what we're facing today. Know this also, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parent, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, which is what we're talking about here, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, haters, excuse me, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such, such turn away. Then it talks about the sort that creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, you know, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That seems to be a pretty good description in just a few short sentences uh, about what we face today, and, and it certainly has taken over us. And could you imagine that the people that wrote that might have had a prophetic insight into what we were going to be facing today? But, but truly, those days are upon us, and, and I believe that, that it's time... For those of us that uh, love our families, you know, our wives, our children, our grandchildren, love our God, love this magnificent country that was granted to us at such great cost and the foundational principles, it's time we double down on our devotion. We, we turn our hearts back to those sacred things and, and renew our covenant to those things. And faithfulness and devotion to all of those things is, is critically important because, honestly, it is almost a universal uh, malady. Well, I, I call it universal insanity that settled upon the nation. And it's, it's been exacerbated by 15 months of uh, oxygen deprivation that the people have imposed upon themselves. And I think their minds have even become more clouded and, and more unable to think clearly. But, but for those of us that do this, we need, to, we need to not cower in the corner and let them take over the narrative. We need to let our voices be heard and and stand tall in, in the cause of liberty and everything that's sacred. Amen to that reality check, ladies and gentlemen. We need to understand that the rainbow flag, though, as I mentioned, is directly mocking God. Remember the Genesis story about Noah and God put the rainbow in the sky as a remembrance to all of us that he keeps his promises? Tell me about the rainbow and biblically the signif- uh, what it signifies, uh, because they use this rainbow flag as a mocking God symbol, Doctor. 
Well, you know, after uh, the earth was baptized, if you will, <laughs> uh, and, and cleansed of the iniquities that had taken over the earth, and uh, Noah, uh, you know, was able to get on some dry ground and offer sacrifice to God again and everything like that, God gave him a, a sign that he would never impose that upon the people again, and it was a sign of renewal, a sign of, of uh, kind of refreshing of the covenant between man and God, and the rainbow was placed in the sky. And uh, I, uh, it, it's interesting to me how and there's a co-opting that happens. Uh, you get a principle, uh, something sacred, something that you hold dear in your heart, and, uh, and there's always somebody that seems to want to take that and pervert it. You know, you've seen maybe some people wearing a, a ring that says CTR. You know, it was originally standard by choose the right. Well, there's harlots that wear it now that says choose to rebel. You know, there's always going to be a counterfeit. There's always going to be somebody that's trying to co-opt something that, uh, I, I'll tell you what I remember here, but this is something um, probably from 30 years ago when I had kids in school. Uh, <laughs> the, they had this, uh, it was some kind of pride, gay pride movement of some sort. I don't know if they actually called it that then, but but uh, they said, if you uh, support the homosexual, you know, that alphabet soup list that you've got, if you support that, wear uh, jeans to school on Friday. It's like, well, everybody, at least in my neck of the woods, we live in a, a more rural area. Everybody wears jeans every day. I know, but they know I mean, that, and what they want to do is take advantage of right. that and then make it appear that everybody supports that. Most people not even aware of the reality of the agenda. That's exactly right. It looks like it's a universal embracing of this. And if someone had known about it on that day, they probably would have worn their dad's plaid golf shorts. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, they take this and make it look like this is a universal thing. Let's just, for just a second, think about what Obama is doing in violation of Article 1, Section 8, of course, and, then, and that's where Congress has the authority to make the rules for military and so on. He's inviting the transgender crowd to join the military. Now, what can go wrong with that? I mean, think about that for a minute. I mean, and, and this idea of who's going to serve, I mean, the idea of unit cohesiveness. I mean, this is, this is a problem that's coming because of the effort that, and uh, we could talk about women in the draft and all that if you want to at some point, but this, this takes it to a whole new plateau, a whole new level. And, and I could, I know, when I was in, we had a guy that was in the military when, when, uh, we had a prior service guy that had been Navy, and I've maybe told this story on your radio program before, but he told at the time on one small ship that he served on, um, there were three homosexuals that absolutely destroyed, they blew up the unit cohesiveness, the whole spirit and attitude aboard ship, the morale in the tank. And, uh, and, and he, he told me personally that he had, uh, he used to sleep at night with a, uh, with a spanner wrench, you know, a, a monkey wrench under his pillow so that if he got accosted, attacked, whatever, in the middle of the night, he could beat the brains out of whoever was doing it. But, but that everything was high risk, high threat, high demoralization. And when they, those three men were finally transferred off ship, literally a, a, in one accord, in one voice, a cheer went up from all the men on board. 
this is the kind of thing that is destroying the core and and the political correctness uh, has has been going on for many years. Not only the core and the political correctness, but of society at large. By the way, there's a, a website posting question can straight people wear gay pride or rainbow clothing yes of course you can it's great to have friends instead of enemies however don't be surprised if somebody flirts with you this is the kind of propaganda going on ladies and gentlemen all over society backed by big dollars as well exposing corruption informing citizens pursuing liberty you're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. As the border crisis worsens, the woman in charge of fixing the problem, Vice President Kamala Harris, had this to say on Thursday when asked by a Univision news anchor when she planned to visit the border. I said I'm going to go to the border. And I... when are you going to the border, Vice President? The administration has asked. I'm not finished. <laughs> I've said I'm going to the border. The G7 summit is set to commence Friday in the United Kingdom. The leaders of the group of seven economies will meet in Cornwall. That's in southwest England. It runs through Sunday. Key talking points will include the novel coronavirus, the climate, Russia, China, and the Middle East. President Biden will meet with G7 leaders to discuss ways to forge a more fair, sustainable, and inclusive global economy that meets the unique challenges of our time, a press release said. Britain, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, along with the United States, are the G7. USA Radio News. Hello, this is Wayne Alaroot for our newest sponsor, Asset Strategies, or ASI for short. ASI is a precious metals powerhouse. They sell gold and silver. Never in history has there been a more important moment to buy gold and silver. ASI has been in business for 39 years. They've served over 20,000 clients and sold $5 billion worth of gold, silver, and precious metals with zero complaints. Last year, gold saw gains of 25%. Silver nearly doubled gold's performance. Now Democrats are in charge. Green New Deal, open borders, free health care for illegals. Bailout broke cities and states. The debt is about to go through the stratosphere. The time to buy is now. The owners of ASI, Michael and Rich Jackett, have been my close personal friends for 16 years. ASI is the company I trust when it comes to buying and selling precious metals. Call now to receive a free consultation and a free one-ounce Silver Eagle with every qualifying purchase when you mention the Wayne Alaroot Show. Call 800-831-0007. That's 800-831-0007. Or visit AssetStrategies.com. Let's get a vaccine update with Dan Naraki. President Biden announced Thursday that the U.S. would purchase 500 million doses of Pfizer's COVID vaccine in order to donate them to distribute to nearly 100 countries. Biden is also expected to push other members of the Group of Seven to help boost global vaccine supplies. Announcing the purchase while in the U.K., Biden said that the first shots will ship out later this summer and will come with no strings attached. 200 million of these doses will be delivered this year, 2021. And 300 million more will be delivered in the first half of 2022. Let me be clear. Just as with the 80 million doses we previously announced, the United States is providing these half million doses with no strings attached. Let me say it again. With no strings attached. Our vaccine donations don't include pressure for favors or potential concessions. We're doing this to save lives to end this pandemic. USA Radio News. Dr. Scott Bradley 
Riding shotgun on the broadcast today, we're talking about our response to Pride Month. The problem is, it's a force versus freedom discussion. Uh, Literally, you're marginalized. There's articles out there saying, hey, let's make a list of the businesses that won't back gay pride, that won't back Pride Month. Let's attack those who uh, say that I want to celebrate it, etc. The only sexual act not celebrated is the one God has endorsed. The gay pride or the pride flag, the rainbow flag, is mocking God who made a promise to the people. And the promise was he was so mad at the wickedness of the people that he flooded the earth. Noah was saved because God had favor on Noah. Uh, But the rainbow was a symbol to say, I'll keep my promise. That I won't flood the earth and and, and everybody will die again. Uh, And it's a sign that is being mocked by the the gay pride or the pride flag. Uh, This is not insignificant. God will not be mocked. Let's be very clear. Uh, And so anyway, Dr. Bradley, uh, to me, it's a force versus ability to choose discussion, right? Well, it certainly is, and they're institutionalizing it. And there's a a good friend of mine, he's a retired naval officer, that um, he he talked to me about when the military really lost its bearings, and he, he dates it to January 20th. 1993. Now, when did that, well, huh? what was going on? You know, you might ask yourself, and that was the day that Bill Clinton was inaugurated as president. And, and that's when they really started this inroad of, you know, the don't ask, don't tell, you know, you can serve if you want, but you don't say anything, blah, blah, blah. And it's just come downhill since then. And, um, and, and his position and belief is, and, and again, he spent I think it was 33 years, something like that, as a naval officer. And, um, and he said that, uh, tragically, they have watched the, uh, the more senior ranks being encroached, because you do the math. Since January 20th, 1993, how many people still were in the service that were in the service then? You know, So the, the whole military uh, establishment viewpoint has basically become a, a bunch of military... And they're just drones that are that are politically correct and willing to to go along to get along, and that's how they hold their office. And and so it's really, really destroyed the ability to, of this nation to to be protected from itself, and not just itself, but also the nations of the world and, and the true job of the military. But you know, I, I mentioned a scripture earlier. There's another one that comes to mind in Second Thessalonians chapter two where you talk about, well, just a few verses, if we got time. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there shall there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he is God, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things? See, these people have been told this before. And now ye know that know what withholdeth that he might be revealed at his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth, letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. 
And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So we're not going to get flooded again, we'll be burned, okay? Then going on back to this, just three more little verses. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusions that they shall believe a lie. And that's where we are in America today. We are believing strong delusions that have been fed to us, again, generationally. We talked at the beginning about this uh, Humanist Manifesto lesson plan that has become the de facto American, not only public education lesson plan, but also America's de facto religion. It's a godless philosophy, um, no divine God. It worships the learning of man, and that we know how stable that is. And every aspect of our society is being assaulted with it. I mentioned the, the uh, stupidity of what the administration is putting on now about transgenderism within the military. Holy cow! I mean, do you need people crawling all over your sleeping bags at night in spite of all of the uh, issues that you might have been facing during the day? I mean, this has just got to be appalling. And yet we have people in senior positions in the military. We have senior positions in, in government, clear up to the very president, in Congress. We have people in educational systems. We have the media. This has become a strong delusion that God has sent and I believe that the nation is, if, if we don't wake up and fly right, everything we hold sacred is at risk. And some of these, we could talk at length about some of these bills that are that are passed through the House and the Senate now, about what they're trying to do to pervert everything that was holding this nation together. It's it's a high-risk time. I think we're at a hinge point, and, and we've got to really double down on our beliefs and Oh, let me just mention, too, and maybe we're going to run out of time before I get a chance to say this, but one of the things I've been following quite interestingly is is how some of these big corporations, and this can give us hope in a lot of areas, some of these big corporations, the athletic, uh, you know, the uh, National Football League and the Major League Baseball and all those kind of senior leadership people in there, they're trying to browbeat society into, uh, you know, submission to their politically correct agenda, and uh, and some of the states are pushing back and saying, the heck you say? We're not going to do that. We're not going to protect. Let's just take the example of, of these transgender women, guys, I don't know what the heck you call them, that, uh, the, the, these guys that want to compete as women against women in their sports, and, and, uh, and some of these big athletic organizations have recently come out, and, and big companies like Delta and Coke and stuff like that have said, you know, on, on different subjects. Oh, oh, no, if you're not doing that, we are not going to support your stadium. We are not going to send athletic uh, championships to your area or whatever. And states are still saying, I'm t- we're thumbing their nose at you. We are not going to go with this. And some of those policies have now gone by the wayside, where, where these big organizations have said they're um, boycotting these different areas because of that, and the states are saying, no, we're not going to do critical race theory, for example. We're not going to allow transgenderism. The debate's on whether it's transgenderism, whether it's gay, lesbian, bisexual, whatever. Um, The the race is on. There's a teacher who refused uh, to call a transgender person uh, different 
whatever you want to call it, chosen pronouns or whatever. He said, I'm lying to the children. They can't change their gender. And I'm basically sitting against God. If I perpetuate that lie and I won't do it. Well, they kicked him out of the government school. Well, then the court just said they can't do that. And he got um, brought back in, reinstated. So that's wonderful news. There's a few people standing up, but not enough people standing up. But I submit to you that it's a freedom versus force issue, doctor. We're talking about Christians, the military, and the transgender issue. We're talking about gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, LGBT troops destroying military morale. But listen to this. There's an ex-player. She's a WNBA player. Her name is Candace Wiggins, and she declares there's 98% of WNBA players are lesbians. Wiggins has claimed that she suffered from bullying in the sport due to being heterosexual. Straight WNBA star, lesbian culture, broke my spirit so to those of you who say sam and dr bradley you're not being very kind you're not being very gentle you're not being very respectful or inclusive or my response is what about candace wiggins she's saying she was a straight wnba player and the 98 percent lesbian group broke her spirit because of the lesbian culture now they claim in the sport that it's not true and that she's wrong But she simply says, what do I have to gain for lying? I had to leave the WNBA because the abuse that I took, it broke my spirit. I'm straight. But these women didn't want me around. They, um, she says that the culture is to mirror the men's game. She says, I don't play that way. I don't behave that way. I'm a female. I'm heterosexual. And I don't want to behave that way. But I was ridiculed and abused for my beliefs. And this is what I mean. The heterosexual view, the one-man, one-woman marriage view, the sexual relationships only ordained of God within the bounds the Lord has set view is the only view not welcome at the table. So I want to come back and talk with Dr. Bradley about how we should behave. And I'll start it out when we get back from the break with a question. Hang tight. Dr. Bradley on your radio. FreedomsRisingSun.com, his website. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com That's M-E-R-I-C-A 1-S-T dot com MericaFirst.com You know, it's hard to get into national debates with the gay and lesbian, bisexual, transgender people because they don't want to debate the issue. What they want to re- do is just ridicule me as a homophobe, as a hater, uh, as an unkind Christian bigot, uh, whatever. But I would like to have a national debate with some gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender people about this kind of stuff. Because the only kind of sex they won't celebrate is the kind that God has ordained. Uh, and But here's my real question to kind of kick off this segment. You know, how do we be kind? They say we need to be kind and gentle and inclusive and respectful. and But yet this ex-player, Candace Wiggins, says 98% of them are lesbian, and they literally had a culture of lesbianism to where since she was straight, they broke her spirit, she says. So she had to leave the WNBA. Now, they claim it isn't true, but the debate's on of how true it really is or not. Uh, now, it's hard to say 98% lesbian because a lot of them nowadays might be bi or might be gender fluid or might be. And so they would say, well, it's not true. So, you know, you might say 98% perverted sexual. I don't want to say reference. I don't want to say what sexual choice, sexual, whatever. You know, it's again, they blurred the words so much that you can't even have a conversation because the words that they use and the words that I use uh, aren't the same. Okay. To me, it's simple. God created he, them, male and female. There is a binary reality that God has set forth, and I am convinced that gender is an eternal characteristic that God has set forth. And male and female belong together. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts when you celebrate the God-ordained family, the traditional family, the fundamental unit of society. Anyway, so here's the question. Is it possible for me to hold on to my Christian beliefs that I've just articulated, that there's male and female, that the male and female are ordained of and created by God, and that male and female are part of God's intention for the human family to perpetuate the race, and etc.? Okay, these, these traditional views. Can I hold on to those views and believe in them and speak out about them but be kind enough and gentle enough and patient enough and respectful enough and so on to where I have a fair seat at the table as Sam, we may not agree with you, but we respect your views and your beliefs and your understanding and your way. Or is my way just simply not acceptable? Uh, there's no way to change it. I either jettison my ways or I am the 
bigot. I am the hateful, spiteful Christian spouting my God views. Okay, which is it? Can I be kind and gentle and still hold on to my moral code or not? And no one that I know publicly has directly brought this up in a candid way and expected a clear answer from the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, gay pride, whatever you want to call it, uh, celebration of these perversions group. Never. Is it possible, Dr. Bradley? And I submit to you that in their world it is not. Well, what you have is, is those that seek to control the narrative, the, um, the argument, the, the airwaves, however you want to put it. They obviously are not going to give to you a reasoned uh, individual that could sit at the table and, and present things that they're eternal verities, eternal truths. I mean, you have eternity on your side, and, and the, each of us has a spirit, and each of us could feel the spirit of the Lord were we to allow such uh, promptings in our hearts. And people would say, if you were speaking, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, there's an XX chromosome that the women's have. I mean, and there's an XY chromosome that men, if, if there's an XY, you're male. If you're an XX, you're a female, okay? These things are biological, scientific facts along with the eternal truths that you're talking about. And I don't believe that anybody that wants to foster this is going to allow you a place at the table for fear that there'll be voices that say, well, yeah, that, that makes good sense to me. And, and so, again, we oftentimes bring it back to this Satan versus God or the Marxist uh, uh, basic religion, if you will, where it's based upon conflict, it's based upon turmoil, it's based upon setting up one side against the other, whether it's sexually behavior or it's, uh, you know, it's, whether it's men against women, uh, whether it's uh, labor against management, uh, whether it's socioeconomic classes, religion against religion, everything in Marxism is based upon conflict so that they can bring about turmoil, so that in that turmoil they can bring forth this new dialectical solution to things, and it's always their death knell. I mean, that's what they bring about. So I don't think you're going to get the seat at the table. But I'll tell you what's really interesting to me, and, and I, I've, uh, there's a new poll out by Politico. It's a, it's a left-leaning publication, if you will, that this trans thing, you know, this sexual thing, is not in conformance to the majority of the Americans. I mean, this is something that, that most Americans can see through. And, and yeah, there's a, a tremendous effort to bias that through overwhelming uh, you know, it's kind of like the only narrative storyline you hear is the opposite side. But most Americans are able to say, well, no, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not going along with this. But they're continuing along that. So I'm, I'm taking encouragement from this. I mean, even this left-leaning publication that came up with this poll, uh, they, if, if we that believe in a moral basis of society, which is absolutely essential if we're going to remain free. It's an imperative. If we are not a morally-based society, we will lose our liberty. It's a fact, and it can be proven over uh, history. But if we that feel that way will refuse to uh, financially support these things, if we walk away from from whether it's athletic events or uh, doing business with people that are this way, there is there is 
a chance, I believe, that they will see the error of their ways. We might not even get, let's just shift the narrative a little bit, we might not even get um, uh, vaccine passport requirements on airlines if everybody says, no, we're not going to fly your airplane. If that's what you've got to have to get on your airplane, we're not going to do it. And the airplanes may finally say, wait, 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 wait. Oh, we must have misspoken. Uh, here's, here's what we really meant. And that's what's happening with these large athletic associations that are trying to punish um, uh, different large cities that have stadiums uh, that, that, that weren't going along with, with their agenda. And uh, the people were kind of walking and saying, we're done. And, this, and the legislature's not rolling over on it. And so the, these departments of political correctness in these athletic groups are saying, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll bring, we'll bring a, 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 a contest there. We'll, we'll, we'll let some kind of uh, a big event happen there. And, and I think that we can and we must live that way or else we're going to be drowned out and, and yes, they, we are. take all your money. So here's the question rephrased slightly, kind of to put it on paper here. Is it possible for Sam Bushman to hold to his moral code defined by God and coexist with the LGBT crowd? Is it possible? I and think I it's going to get more, more difficult. According to them, I, I don't believe it's possible. Yeah. I, I think that, that, that we are going to have to, uh, I mean, you know, in a way, they're creating more bunkers, more silos. And and they say, oh, we're all together. We love everybody. Blah 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 blah. I mean, whether okay, you well, then I want to hold life, on to my moral code defined by God, and I want to basically sit at the table of discussion, and I want to coexist and do my thing and educate to my viewpoint, etc. Are they going to peacefully let me do that? And I submit I to you, the answer so. is no. They will not. And that is the problem. It's freedom versus force, Doctor. Well, I agree, and that's the way the Marxists always work. I say it does come to the way they're doing things. Oh, we we don't get along if you agree with us. There's there's no disagreement among us because we have beaten you into submission, and and so I, I do believe that it's it's going to get more and more difficult to to be a Christian in this nation. And I would submit to you that in, in accordance to my understanding, my belief system, that the 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 God of this land is to be Jesus Christ. And when we lose the final band of Christians, if you will, in this in this land, this land is going to have an extremely bumpy road that it will be on. I believe the only thing that's keeping the the fiber and the thread of this land, the things that we all have, I mean, for generations, for two more than two hundred years, we have been a uh, a land of free and liberty and everything. And nowadays, it's being driven perversely. And again, it's in the school system. It's in the media system. It's in the political system. It's it's across the big businesses that have become so politically correct. And, and that little quotation I read at the beginning of our little get-together that came out of the Humanist Manifesto, that has become the de facto belief system that is the only one that has allowed a politically prominent, a uh, a position of in the media or anything like that. If I hold so to my views, double down. If I hold to my moral code to my views, will they be kind to me and respectful? Will they no. mock me and abuse me? Will I be able yes. to sit at the table to discuss and educate from my point of view? See, no. the answer is no. And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, we reject Pride Month. Now, 
if you want to take a step back and say we're all God's children and we should behave like it, which is one of my phrases, then we should be kind to those who have disagreements with us. We should be kind to those who are sinning. But we must draw the line between being kind and being forced to capitulate to their view. I can hold to my view and still be respectful and kind. I can agree to disagree, but be kind about it. I don't need to attack, and I would never advocate for the attack of anybody, regardless of their, whatever you want to call it, choices, reference point, born with mentality. I mean, that's even debated, right? So I can be kind to others, but I don't have to adopt their view. And the problem that I have with it is it's freedom versus force. They will not let me have my point of view and leave me alone and or let me in the great form of ideas articulate my views. And Pride Month celebrates this rainbow idea that everything is acceptable except for the view defined by God, Doctor. Well, and and one of the things that's really disheartening to me, and I I don't want to be annoying at awful kind of guy, but so many large institutional religions are inviting this narrative on stage, if you will, with them. And the only thing they're not doing on stage is giving them a great big slobbery kiss. I mean, they are bending over backwards to appear to be, as you you point out to be, it's possible to be, uh, you know, have good civil interaction with people. Uh, You don't have to beat them up. You don't have to throw them overboard. But the fact of the matter is that there are large institutional religions that seem to, like I say, give everything but a big slobbery kiss to these people. Um, And it's literally, I think, cutting the guts out of the the uh, foundation that those large religious institutions should be holding to. They can be civil, they can be caring, but they don't have to say, come on the center stage, let's preach your gospel of sexual proclivity. Well, and they can preach their views and be kind in doing it. Okay, I believe in God's laws, and I believe in the one-man, one-woman marriage. I believe the traditional family is ordained of God, and I believe all other sexual activity outside of the legally, lawfully wedded husband and wife uh, is not ordained of God. I would say that it's evil and a sin. However, I can be kind to those, but will they be kind to me and let me have my view? And the answer is no. If that doesn't kind of educate, uh, I don't know what does, but I reject Pride Month and I reject uh, the idea that we don't need to turn to God Almighty. That is a godless lie. For Sam and Dr. Scott Bradley, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic.